So I spent the whole day thinking about this, and I'm now completely undecided. Not completely undecided, but I'm not prepared to take a stance. I, well, I, I'm also largely undecided, but what I can do is I can try to present what I think the predominant arguments are for the people in favor of Nazi punching. Fair enough. Okay. Let's start this off. Hi, this is the Basin Conspiracy. I'm Ian Yashbrotsky. I'm Steven Zuber. And I'm Sean, uh, guest <laughs> Sean is filling in for Katrina today, as she could not make it. And we are doing uh, one of these special... I don't know, what do, what do we call them, mini-episodes? Something? Yeah. Well, the, not during our regular time, because something happened, and we wanted to talk about it. And the thing that happened this time is a uh, Nazi douchebag named Richard Spencer got punched in the face on the street while he was, he was stopped by a reporter who wanted to ask him about his Pepe pin and maybe some of his other weird political views. And uh, a member, probably from Black Bloc, is the speculation. Because he was dressed, you know, all in black, like the Black Bloc uniform, suggested uniform is. Just hauled off and slugged him right in the face and then ran off. And uh, there has been a bit of a kerfuffle, one could say, in liberal circles about whether or not it is okay to punch Nazis. Right. Um, And uh, I guess before we start, we should quickly say who this Richard Spencer guy is. Uh, he founded the website alternativeright.com, which as sort of a um, combined uh, group blog thing for alt-right thinkers, and is probably the guy who originated the term alt-right, since the website was alternative right, and he kicked it off. Uh, he left that eventually. He's uh, got a new website now, also spreading alt-right stuff, and he um, is, uh, to call it a think tank, kind of blows it out of proportion here, It's but he's head of a group called National Policy Institute, which uh, build themselves as a think tank of alt-right stuff trying to uh, influence policy. They, uh, If you knew of Richard Spencer beforehand, it's probably either because you're very into alt-right stuff or because you saw that video after uh, Trump won where this guy in a hotel room was saying, hail our people, hail Trump. Uh, and, and, and straight up doing the the hail Hitler salute. Yes, like yeah. there was no ambiguous there's nothing ambiguous about it. No, and and the audience was, you know, hailing him back with the Hitler salute. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So very much a neo Nazi on um on his even though he says the neo Nazis hate him, I think it's not unfair to call him a Nazi, uh, especially because he on his site, one of his co bloggers published a thing uh asking saying that we should be asking whether black genocide is the correct course of action or not. Right. So 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 you might not be able to like technically call him a neo Nazi because he's not calling for a particular form of genocide, but he's still entertaining the idea that genocide is a, a legitimate course of action. Yeah. Should at the very least be considered and yeah, possibly legitimate. Someone found a quote for me today. I was talking with them about this. Mm-hmm. And it's from uh, the Wayback Machine, which takes cached versions of websites. Mm-hmm. Of And this one is al- actually from Alternative, alternative Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have his attribution on it. Um, it's just, it's a picture, unfortunately. I couldn't even get the re- URL to reproduce. Oh, I so, know what you're about to read. Uh, that was Collins, his co-blogger. This? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, in that case, then... Uh, I can't say this came right out of his mouth, so... It was at least par- tacitly par- approved by him. Paraphrasing, it does say exactly what the two of you guys just said, so... Yeah. I, I was curious, like, I was like, well... well what go ahead is- and read the, the actual quote. Um, brace yourselves. Quote, However, for too long now, when we consider the questions of race, especially questions concerning the black race, we have been framing things in completely the wrong way. Instead of asking how we can make reparations for slavery, colonialism, and apartheid, or how we can equalize academic scores and incomes, we should instead be asking questions like, does human civilization actually need the black race? Is black genocide right? And, if it is, 
what would be the best and easiest way to dispose of them. With starting points like this, wisdom is sure to flourish, enlightenment to dawn. Unquote. So I feel icky. And I gotta say, coming into this, my initial response, I didn't even hear about this incident until yesterday when Inyash wanted to talk about it. I was like, well, I'm really not in favor of hitting anybody to silence their free speech. And then I was, I spent the whole day thinking about it. I'm currently undecided. And I've got to say, reading a quote like that makes me kind of want to hit somebody. <laughs> so I can kind of see where people are coming from. Yeah, there's, I mean, there, like, you, you, I mean, it's not hard to find. You go on social media, there's a whole lot of, I mean, for, for quite some time, there's been a lot of uh, argument from pathos and um, memes getting posted that are things, it's, it's like, there's a whole bunch of Captain America saying, it's okay to punch Nazis. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, my grandfather, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was okay with killing Nazis. So there's a lot of like, this seems intuitively okay to, to enact violence, physical violence against people with these extreme views, like these really potentially very harmful extreme views, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of. I guess my, my one caveat on that is I don't want to really look to the past for moral guidance, right? Oh. If we go back far enough, a lot of our ancestors were complete idiots. It was also oh, a- right. I, I, was, I wasn't advocating for it. I oh, was yeah. just stating what um, a lot of it's been going around. For sure. It was also a very different uh, situation because we were literally at war. And these were people who, yep. um, not only were we at war with them, but these were people who had rounded people up and systemically killed them. As opposed to simply someone on a blog being a douchebag and sometimes posting asshole YouTube videos. I wonder if a good corollary, I guess, well, since we're not actively at war with people who've done stuff like, who are doing stuff like, you know, in World War II, if it might be the moral distinction between killing a, a Nazi soldier and killing a Nazi sympathizer supporter at home, right. you know, who like, well, I would be a Nazi, but, you know, my leg in World War One, otherwise I'd be out there. Like, that person's not actually out there doing anything, but I don't know. I do want to say, though, really quick, um, though Katrina's not with us, she did ask us to point out there might be a... a I don't know, a weakness in our point of views or a bias in that I think it's an excellent point for us to point out that none of us are actually in the demographics historically attacked by Nazis. So yeah, that, that's a fair point. I don't know if my point of view would be different if I was in one of those groups, but obviously I don't know. So that's something that I guess is worth pointing up, putting up from the outset. Yeah. Um, so I would like to make my, uh, quickly present my point of view on this. I am one of those people who is very against punching Richard Spencer. And against, um, I'm not necessarily against him getting punched because he's a douchebag and he deserves it, but I am horrified that what I thought was the liberal side of America is so gleefully embracing vigilante violence. So we've, we've a few times before on the podcast brushed up against the topic of violence and I've always kind of danced around the issue because I am somewhat pro-violence, much more so than I think, than I thought anyway, uh, other people are. And so I was really kind of ashamed of that and didn't really want to say it. Uh, but I've long been a big fan of the Black Panthers. And I consider the during the civil rights struggle, that is a legitimate use of violence. I mean, that was state-sponsored terrorism by our government against some of our own citizens. This this is a reason to take up arms, and I fully support them, and I just didn't really want to say that sort of thing in public, because I thought I was in the minority and it was shameful. And then this punch happens, and it turns out that uh, there's a lot of people that are a lot more violent than I am. <laughs> um, so the reason I am against this guy getting punched and everyone being so happy about it is entirely just uh, the rule of law. The, the thing that protects us from random people coming up and punching us because they disagree with our views is the fact that extrajudicial violence is not tolerated in our society. The reason that their Nazi groups don't get uh, to riot in the street and punch people is because we don't accept that sort of thing. And once society does start accepting extrajudicial violence, then is that is when we get things like the Deep South, uh, lynching 
lynchings and uh, and those sorts of uh, atrocities because there is no protection anymore for the people who aren't on the right side of the mob. You mean the Deep South in the somewhat recent past? Not, yeah, yeah. Not no, not yesterday. currently. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, it's several decades past. So I guess I'm, I'm sort of in between. I, I, I deal him exactly where Inyash is and that I, I mean, if I have any axioms of discourse, well, I have a bunch, I guess, if you're engaging honestly with people. But one of them is like, if you disagree with somebody, it doesn't matter how much you disagree with what they're saying, like shutting them up by hitting them is, uh, I guess, what's what's a stronger word than taboo or or wrong like it is incorrect if you're trying to if there's if there's discussion but i guess it you is could a say sin against civil society yeah that that works sin is like as a strong enough word i mean this guy wasn't really doing discussion he, he's out he's got this platform that that preaches this disgusting message so it's not like it was you know him talking with somebody it's not like he and the reporter were talking the reporter was so repelled by what the answers to questions that he got or the questions that he posed that he then hit him in the face it was somebody else who came up and did it yeah so that doesn't that's not a perfect analogy i guess i'm where you are on the on the front of it Inyash, but i guess i spent the whole day thinking about this and i've i've kind of i had this uh i don't know this moment where in my head i'm like really steven is your moral view so convoluted that you're looking at hitting nazis as is this an okay thing to do or not like like, isn't that axiomatically a great thing? What would Captain America think, like you pointed out, Sean? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, I don't know if I haven't been following a lot of the, the online discourse about how the, the fallout here. I'm not sure if people are saying, yeah, we should hit everyone, every conservative, or if they're saying we should just hit Nazis. No, everyone is saying we should just hit Nazis. Oh, okay. Well, so I guess if you drew the litmus test at explicit Nazis, maybe there's a, a case that someone can make there. And I'm curious what you have to say, Sean. Uh, sure. So um, I, I guess my overall position on this right now is that I'm largely undecided kind of like yourself where it's um, previously we had a bit of a, we had a Facebook thread where I had a bit of input and I, I agree with something Inyash said where it was, it was, it was essentially if you strike someone in public, uh, well, in, in this case, Richard Spencer stands to potentially gain from being struck in public because and, and not just him personally. Um, it, it seems like this is this gives the right, you know, for for lack of a a more concise term, more ammunition to repudiate the left, right, and and and, and protesters in general. But also, it, it it's it, it it might make someone like Richard Spencer more able to cast himself as a victim and and gather more support um, from others. I'm not sure who you would be able to get support from. Exactly. I mean, given that, and, and maybe this is just my own bubble, but I, I, I would like to think that Nazism is something, or, or at very least like white nationalism, um, is, is something that people generally find morally reprehensible. Well, I mean, they they can barely fill a, a hotel conference room with two hundred people when they have their national convention. Right. It's it's a very small portion. They had did, did they have was it was it two hundred? Because either it was like three hundred, but either way, it's a very very small subsect of. We're not talking society. tens of thousands, right? right. We're, and 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 I don't know if they're gaining power, losing it, stagnant. They're just such a small minority that maybe they're just not that much of a threat. I, I, I mean, it, how, it, how much power could two hundred people have, right? I guess even if they're gaining it, how long would it take them to gain any measurable portion of power? The 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 argument I hear uh, in favor of the well against this, they don't have a lot of power. Thing is that. They are, their words are violent, I guess, that they are making people feel unsafe and threatened by advocating for genocide. Oh, yes. And, and, and also just the, the, the concern surrounding the people that Trump has, um, appointed to his cabinet, who right. also allegedly have some very questionable views. Steve Bannon from Breitbart is part of the alt right. And he, I think he wrote his inauguration speech and is, has some fair bit of input. But I don't think that, um, that is a reason to, 
start beating people in the streets if they express an opinion that is found to be distasteful. I mean, that's basically what freedom of speech is, right? We don't need to protect the speech we like. We have to protect the speech we don't like. That's why the people that fight for the First Amendment rights or the people who get dragged into court to de- and the First Amendment gets strengthened when they are defended are people like the Westboro Baptists or uh, Larry Flint, which actually a lot of people like Larry Flint now. But, you know, he was a pornographer and people found him disgusting. And the Supreme Court said, this is what freedom of speech means. I mean, the... <laughs> I'm hearing that people are saying someone has to punch this guy to put him in his place because the government isn't doing it. And I'm saying, yes, that's true, because he hasn't broken any laws. He's spoken and said things that are horrible, but that's what the First Amendment allows him to do. That's what it's there for. I think there is a problem when we have to punch people because we have issue with the First Amendment. Isn't that the thing that we're supposed to like on our side? We enjoy the right to to speak freely. Well, I mean, so so one argument I've seen is uh, the you know the the fire clause. Um, you know, like like if someone goes into a crowded theater and yells fire, you know, obviously, I, I guess the 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 idea there is that there should be limits, like certain limits to the First Amendment when it comes to endangering through the use of words, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess um, it really comes down to how dangerous you can consider. Um, the words of Richard Spencer and his ilk um, and whether or not, I, I mean, that sort of thing seems difficult to quantify. I mean, yes, it's very hard to quantify, but my um, intuitive feeling is that all these people who are pro punching fascists and Nazis are people who view themselves as like the barrier stopping the Holocaust from happening again on our soil and they're very self-righteous about it, when that is not anything close to what the actual threat is. And what they're really doing is degrading the law that protects people from violence. The fact that he said things you don't like is not a reason to allow for beatings in the streets of anyone that is labeled a Nazi. Hmm. I think part of my my hang-up on this, I guess, is how you... This will sound like a, a pointless question, but I'll give a good example of how you define a Nazi. Oh, no. Or how, how you spot one. That is, that is um, very no, I, much a thing I'm worried so about, too. There was I, a, I think there that's was a, a good question. Yeah, yeah. There was a great incident on Friday night at University of Washington. They had some speaker that was coming that people were protesting. Uh, apparently some asshole. It's not really important. But what is important is that some guy got shot. He was allegedly by the shooter said that, well, he attacked me. I don't want to misquote. But allegedly, apparently, the, the shooter thought that the guy was a, a neo-Nazi because he saw that he had a, a swastika t- tattoo on his arm, or a swastika tattoo on his shoulder or something. Um, I'll link the article. It turns out it was a swastika inside one of those like red circles with the line through it that's mm-hmm. like a you know no smoking sign. Um, so like anti-swastika, basically. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, maybe it wasn't as obvious as he wanted it to be, but it begs the question of how many false positives you're willing to tolerate to take out a crowd of a couple hundred people. You know, especially if the error rate right now is one guy punched, one guy shot, and the guy who got shot wasn't in this group. Apparently, the guy who got shot was like, you know, campaigning for Bernie Sanders, goes to Black Lives Matter rallies, plans to go to the Women's March, but he was in the hospital. To me, the slope is slippery and blurry as far as where you where you draw the line. I mean, so if it's if it's just literal Nazis, well, what about like uh, people who don't go to the rallies, but or go to the what do you call them conventions or something, but they 
share their memes on Facebook? Do we punch them too? Or do they just get slapped? I mean, a lot of this is like... Uh, <laughs> I've, I have seen um, calls on Twitter that anyone defending a Nazi is also a Nazi. And seeing as I am mm, someone saying that that's, that's Richard dangerous, Spencer though. shouldn't have been punched, I am now uh, considered a Nazi as well. Yeah, well, it, there's and, by and, these people anyway, and, and and not and not to muddle this or or shoot us in too far a different direction, but there's also like different like gradients of these of, of these worldviews where it's like we have straight up neo Nazism, we also have white nationalism. I don't know how much you you would you would differentiate those, but then you've got things like I, I actually just found out about this uh, something called um, oh, what was it a kinist I think it's called, and 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 I'm probably not even representing this properly, but I don't have any real notes in front of me. But there there are people who believe that humans should, should naturally fall into like um, ethnic and tribal communities. Okay. So so it's I've kind of it kind of brushes up again, and and they and also like the people are happier when they're around their own type, and so they shouldn't mix, right? Is yeah, like it's that? it's it's kind of like a it's I've 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 definitely heard people espouse these ideas that are, it, 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 it seems to kind of hint at they're against interracial marriage and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it seems like there's a little bit with like uh, Norse mythological imagery associated with them. And it's, it's just, I'm not entirely sure what to make of that. So I, I thought it might be worth mentioning that it seems like there are different kind of white nationalist-esque subsets of, of, of people, not just Nazis. Yeah. And I guess that, that does beg the question of where you would draw a line to say, well, no, we're only going to hit people who do exactly this. And I guess, I mean, it depends, too. And I did see this on on your Facebook thread, that it depends on how serious you consider a punch to the face. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a, it was like an elbow. It was like a flying... It was just a, a, a run by... Yeah, I watched the video. The... That, that could easily kill somebody. I mean, if you land wrong, you, I mean, he's, he's on the street. He could be hit. He could hit a curb. That mm-hmm. could have been a kill shot. Right. And you don't have to hit the curb. I mean, just a good head smack, you know, it... It happens. It, it happens. Yeah. So I mean, was he prepared to kill this guy? Maybe he was. And so I guess that, that even I think I think if you were pre- well, I mean, there there are better ways to ensure someone's death than trying to elbow them in the face. Oh yeah. And yeah. Plus, I mean, he he was mobile while he was doing it, so his, his the body mechanics that he would have used to deliver the strike wouldn't have been as grounded as if he were standing there. I meant like, was he pre- was he prepared to kill this guy? Not was he trying to. Yeah. Oh, sure. Like, was okay. prepared to deal with that possible consequence. I, I have seen a lot of people saying something like, he's, you know, an able-bodied man. He can take a punch. It's not that big a deal. But once you're advocating for punching Nazis, you don't know if this guy's been punched like 12 times already today and you're the 13th punch. Is it okay <laughs> to keep punching him until he's crippled? I think they'd probably say so. I guess I'm cur- also curious, too, what the point is of hitting him. Like, other than to express disagreement. I could kind of see it would be... F- I, I might also object to this, but it would be more civil i think to stand next to him and whenever he opened his mouth to blare an air horn mm-hmm. like if you're if you're kind of like the guy who was yelling no yeah. uh, the, the the no guy you know what i'm talking about yeah mm-hmm. the guy who's who holding the camera the the amateur footage right uh there, there was a we might be talking about the same thing i'm thinking of one where there, there was a guy um in public yeah like saying racist things basically and there was someone standing right up next to him and every time he would say something the guy would go no he would just try to like he'd try to drown him out he'd just mm-hmm. yell in his face See, I, that is that's certainly much better than straight-up violence, but even that is the sort of thing that I kind of dislike because it shuts down conversation. And I think once once you can no longer talk with your enemy, the only thing that you can do is kill them. You, you have to either beat them into submission, which almost never happens, because when you... 
when Black Lives Matter protesters uh, get, you know, someone jumps up on them and tries to beat them down, do they go crawling back and saying, oh, no, we're done, we can't do this anymore? Or do they rally and become even more strident in their opposition? I mean, that's the thing. Everyone thinks, yes, I will intimidate my opponents and beat them down and they will not be a problem anymore. But no, it entrenches your opponents when they when they get physical resistance like this. And I'm assuming there's a strong overlap with the neo-Nazi group and, like, gun collectors slash gun hoarders. <laughs> so these aren't the people you want to, to bunker down and piss off, right? Uh, uh, I, I mean, mean, unless you want it to be turned into a quick, bloody battle that kills all of them. But. Yeah, I mean, unless you're actually seeking to eradicate your opposition, you should be trying to talk with them. An, an argument always gets a counter-argument. It never gets a bullet or, or a punch, violence. You know, you don't use right. violence to to come to a civil society. I'm, I'm just I'm just curious, like, what... I, I like, 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 I definitely, I see where you're going, but I, I'm just wondering, like, what, like, what kind of productive conversation, wh- like, what would a, what would a productive conversation with a neo-Nazi look like? It's basic, there, there's, it's so antithetical to society. It's so, it's so diametrically opposed to, like, basic human decency mm-hmm. that I don't, like, like, what's the middle point? Well, how, how is, how is this meeting of the minds going to end in something that's, going to advance the dialogue and actually be productive i guess so it's interesting i was just reading uh about some history of this actually happening to people there was a guy ah oh, i forget his name now i should have written it down but uh, a leader in in kkk circles and he went to a liberal arts college to get his credentials you know how sometimes creationists go and get a biology degree so they can say i am a you know phd in biology and i say evolution is bullshit that kind of thing uh, but some of his fellow students figured out who he was and that he was a, uh, th- this, uh, I'm not sure if neo-Nazi is the same as KKK. Are they the same well, thing? Well, KKK are white supremacists. Okay. Um, so, so hit, like in a historical context, no, they're not the same, but I mean, there, there's definitely, I would say there's quite a bit of overlap between so, what people consider neo-Nazism and the KKK. Yeah. So he was, he was a white supremacist and, uh, when his fellow students found out instead of, uh, Instead of attacking him, the Jewish students started inviting him over for dinner. And after several months of this, and he went. And after several months of this, he broke down and realized that he'd been told lies the whole time. And uh, he dropped out and and became a, a normal person and started fighting against uh, against the, the fascists. Which, I mean, it was interesting. There were three or four different cases like that. And obviously, that's not going to happen all the time. But it can happen. And the important part isn't necessarily that you're trying to convince the neo-Nazi to change his mind. Because you're probably not going to convince him with an argument any more than you're going to convince him with a punch. But at least that prevents society from devolving into riots in the streets like they had in, you know, Weimar, Germany, um, before, before the big rise. And you are having the conversation for the people around that are looking and seeing... Are these people on the left who who proclaim tolerance and and peace among mankind just as bad as the right wing that they say they hate by, you know, as soon as they see someone who they violently disagree with, they go right into the punching and the killing just like just like the Nazis do? Or do they actually stand by their principles and try to talk things out? And I think that is the greater effect of the punch that it not only does it degrade the rule of law and bring the inevitable cold civil war we're having to a more hot civil war area but it also it also further polarized the two sides i see what you're saying i think for me it's less about changing the the individual's mind 
and like you said, it's about the crowd. So if if somebody posts some disgusting article, I mean, if it's a small 200-person community, you can pretty much just ignore it and let them just have their crazy little club. But, you know, for whatever reason it makes it to a popular red magazine or something, you can write a response. You know, you don't have to call the guy and try and talk to him on the phone and change his mind. You might That might not work. And I'm using male terms because I'm thinking of, of, I guess, we can be more inclusive if you want. This might be a, a situation where the exclusivity is fine. Well, um, the two sides that we're thinking about right now are Richard Spencer and the guy that punched Richard Spencer. Right. So. Uh, well, yeah. But so you, if, if you can't change this person's mind, which might not even be worth attempting, you can write a response if you're worried that anyone's taking this person seriously. You know, rather than send an assassin to his house. Again, I'm, I wanted to make my, my peaceful discourse stance very clear before I say that all the arguments that sound like in favor of hitting Richard Spencer or, or similar people sound also like arguments for killing him. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that killing him would have more advantages for the people making some of these arguments. You know, like, it'll, it'll uh, freak them out, it'll make them afraid to go outside and just, you know, espouse these terrible beliefs, thin their numbers... So, so you're just using fear as a deterrent, basically. Or in yeah, so I guess hitting them would be you know fear and some some physical threat as deterrent. But yeah, who if you're serious them? about it, then it sounds like you might as well just be start killing them. I'm well, not saying that again. I want to make 100 percent clear. I'm not advocating that, but it sounds like it's a really right. easy slide from saying we should literally beat them into submission to where they're scared to to go outside and say their stupid things to where we should just make it so they can never do those things again. Right? And who have we become when we're the ones resorting to those tactics? Not the good guys, right? <laughs> well, sure, yeah, no, I mean, so, so the, so you mentioned, you mentioned the, the it was, it was a black bloc member. Is, is that a, a descriptive term for anarcho-communist groups, or is that specifically the name of a group? Because I'm actually not terribly well versed in that. It, I just heard about them actually the last few days, uh, but from what I can tell, they are a specific group. Okay, I, I, I'd be curious to know if anyone. Um, but I mean, claiming to represent them has made a statement of what their intent was by like. What was that actually their intent was to be like, we need to deter these guys by using fear or was it to send a message? Like you said, play the audience a little bit or maybe not play the audience, but send a message to the audience. It could have literally just been a, a happenstance occurrence where it's like, hey, it's that fucking asshole that wants to kill a bunch of people. Right. Here I am. I don't have anything harder than my fist. Let's just go hit him. Sure. That and, could I could be totally, and I could totally see that. So it might not have been a reasoned attack. No, uh, there might not have been. So, um, it, but I mean, if, if like, like hypothetically, if there were, could it, you know, what, what would it be? Would it be like, these guys are extreme. It may have to, it may have to involve violence at some point in time. Hey, look, I can do it. You can do it too. I don't, I mean, I don't know. That that is one of the slightly more um, persuasive um, arguments that I've seen is that once fascism has taken root to the point where the government is on the side of of uh, the Nazis, it's kind of a little late to fight. I mean, at that point, it's obvious who you should be fighting, and you take up guns and form revolutionary cells, but you want to prevent it from getting to that point if you can. And this is a way to draw a line in the sand and saying, no, we're not going to tolerate this at any cost. So would you say one of the better ways to prevent it is by going through the motions of a, of a civil society where we don't automatically resort to violent acts? Yes, that is that is my contention. Okay. That the, the prohibition on private political violence is basically what makes civilization possible. You cannot have any sort of civilized society until you have you have this agreement that you do not use violence for political purposes if you are not actually acting as the state 
as a cop who's on the job or as a soldier who's fulfilling his duty. You do not get to use violence to make political points if you are just a guy out in the street. Because otherwise we revert back to a state of chaos. And then no one is safe. I mean, I'm not trying to use this as a way to defend Nazis. Because I hate Nazis, I assume, as much as anybody. Although now I'm sure other people will be saying that I don't hate them at all. But uh, there's... God, who was it? Um, Sir Thomas More, I think it was. Once said uh, that a man who was a really awful man, everyone hated him but he didn't commit a crime, should be let free. And uh, one of his friends said, you're giving him the benefit of the of the law here? This is an awful person. He's like, I would give the devil the benefit of the law if the devil didn't commit a crime. And the guy says, really? You would let the law protect the devil? I would cut a path through the law to get to the devil. I would clear cut all of law to get to the devil. And Thomas More said, well, then what do you have left protecting you? Once all the laws are gone, the devil can turn around and attack you just as easily. So laws are what protect us from this state of chaos. And I, I think we do, we do a lot of harm to society when we decide that certain laws are no longer applicable. And right now, I think it is far more harm than these few hundred Nazis can do to our society. But what about special exceptions? So I'm with you. Okay. And so if, if Thomas More's interlocutor was like, no, no, I'm only going to break the law for literally the devil. So what I could imagine someone saying, no, no, I, I'm, I'm behind you. We should be, we should have people allowed to say, you know, whatever that the earth is flat or something, but calling for genocide or discussing it like it's a topic on the table, even maybe not saying, all right, everyone grab your guns. Friday is when it starts. That I think is at the point where you're allowed to intervene. Mm-hmm. Right, I think yeah. there, there's a, there's a big call between saying, you know, the world would be a lot better place if, if this certain demographic of people was all dead and saying, all right, guys, grab your guns. We're going to make it happen. I think at the minute that you, you start advocating for an actionable plan, then you've crossed a line, there's- but they might say, uh, just to backpedal a little bit, I'm going to draw a special exception for literally Nazis. I'm talking to a person who says the world would be a much better place if Nazis were gone off the face of the planet. That sounds like scary rhetoric, though. Well, right, but, but he's but the I guess guy I, who's pro-punching Nazis. Yeah, no, no, I guess I see what you're saying. And then it just occurred to me that the response... So I like my arguments to be generalizable. Yeah, yeah this, is, this, su- this, this is about Nazis really- for another for any other group and that suddenly turns into a really dark sentence right right <laughs> well right it's, it's like that's like that's kind of a it almost seems abstract right because it's like oh yeah of, of course of course the world i mean i'm sure the world would be a better place if we didn't have people advocating or we all the, all the people who advocated for genocide didn't exist mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that might mean but th- there's a lot more nuance to it right because how do you who are those people which people are you talking about right. also you're who advocating for the genocide of those people i mean that's true also <laughs> but i mean i'm not sure i'm not sure if anyone gets tripped up there or not but that is uh well, seems like a weird contradiction it's a, i mean it's true. also how you define gen, uh, genocide or or eugenics because i am a strong advocate for once the technology is there sterilizing everybody at birth in a reversible manner and once they hit the age of majority letting them get that reversed as, as long as they petition all they got to do is ask no iq test or any of that other bullshit if you want to not be sterilized anymore we reverse it for free on the spot you just want to make basically family planning not have to be a plan or have to be a, an opt-in rather than an opt-out exactly gotcha and gotcha. uh there are people who would call me a eugenicist for doing that hmm. and um that suddenly makes me a nazi and you're not saying they have to pass a test. Like I said, they don't have to pass a test. They don't have to write a big check. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to fit in any demographics. They just have to, I guess, have access to the internet or a phone or something. And there are Christians who say uh, that abortion is genocide. Yeah. And that uh, the... Wait, how would that be... How, how does that follow? 
What, 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 what would their reasoning be? I've definitely never, definitely never heard that one before. A disproportionate number of people who get uh, abortions are poor. And um, the, this is being provided at Planned Parenthoods that are supported by the government. And so they're saying that the government is setting up baby murder shops in inner cities to let the black people wipe themselves out. They're saying that the fact that we support Planned Parenthood means that we are supporting black genocide. That sounds like a bottom line reasoning. Like they're against, like that doesn't sound like the kind of position you'd come to organically. It sounds and, like they're already against abortion. And they're trying to think, what is the best way we can like right. make a make a punch? And I would no like to be able to counter argue these people and say, no, you're wrong, and here's why. As opposed to being afraid to leave my house because of the gangs that are going to be roaming around beating me for being genocidal. Yeah, I mean, do are, we, are we are we are we are we being way too charitable if we assume that people should be able to differentiate between your position and and certain Christians calling you a Nazi? Versus people like Richard Spencer, who are very like overtly, the world you know, is full of fucking idiots. I, right. <laughs> I, the, I, like, like I said, is that maybe that is charitable? I guess, but how it's it's not that hard to single someone out and get a mob going after them as long as you use the right buzzwords and can point to a few things that look I suppose bad. not. Yeah. Well, and I guess also the concern and the concern that you're putting forward this whole time is that the second that we say it's okay to start doing that for some groups who knows how big that how long that list can get yeah and that's i mean the the scary part right you can say it's okay to punch nazis but do we then have some sort of level of evidence do they get hauled into court where we prove that they're a nazi or is it just once 51 percent of the populace thinks yeah he's probably a nazi then he's a Nazi. And do we take a poll? Is it just a general opinion? It's It reduces to whoever is the most willing to do violence to people they don't like. Yeah. Just has to be the one vigilante. They don't have to ask anybody. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like there are definitely some people who are ex- more, more extreme in, in, with, with, with the whole idea or the sentiment that like, yeah, we should totally just like whoop ass on some Nazis. But then, it, it, at least from what I've seen in my own personal Facebook feed, like most people who are, who are like, damn right we should punch nazis are just kind of doing it from a i don't know kind of a signaling standpoint where they're just like yeah i'm all about justice i'm all about doing the right thing i mm-hmm. i hate these guys they're they're evil so and i'm a good person so yeah fight evil people yeah I, i've seen a and number of and, and and there's a certain amount of emotional detachment because they're sitting here in their in, in their homes or at work and with their computers in front of them for a lot of them it's kind of a I don't know. I mean, it's a gesture. But yeah, it's, it's it's basically saying don't be evil and fight evil where you do see it, right? So it's sure. meant as a, in a good way, but I think that is the problem because no one is evil. And okay, that's not entirely true, but uh, no one does evil for the sake of evil. They always do it because they think it's good. When well, sure. Richard Spencer says these things, he says he does it because he thinks he is saving the nation from i don't even know what he's saving it from and when people say it's okay to punch nazis they think that they are saving the nation from the next holocaust when really all they're doing is degrading the rule of law the point is people always think that they're doing good when they're doing evil and that's why i'm not okay with just signing on to yeah sure they're you know they're on our side they're doing a good thing against evil no everyone thinks that they're doing good that's why you have the laws that stop things like actual violence Hmm. that draw a line at bodily harm i was trying to think of parallels that might serve as intuition pumps like the the public consciousness might be pro fighting isis Mm -hmm. would they be pro fighting isis sympathizers at home Mm -hmm. would they be pro so if someone in america shares a pro isis meme on their facebook is it okay to hit them when they go to when they're in public exactly um Mm -hmm. so i guess that that sort of seems to be the the takeaway that you know, once you open this door at all, there's no, there's no keeping it from swinging all the way open. 
I guess there's no bulwark to say, no, this is exactly where we stop. It's okay to hit just these people. Unless you're going to just, uh, you're going to sound a lot like, God, is this a bad comparison? You're going to sound a lot like Nazis and say, no, no, we're, we're not pro-killing the public, just the Jewish public. Right? Well, I, mean, I mean, yeah, well, it's, you know, Nazis in, in, in film and, and literature, they're, they're like the de facto bad guys. They're just, they're just mm-hmm. there to, they, they exist to be the bad guys that you feel okay enacting harm upon. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> like, I think it's a good idea to take a problem where you have just one example and then expand it, right? Like what you're doing with the whole ISIS example. But Nazism has this, has this. Um, I'm going to use the word advantage, but hopefully you know what I mean. It's got a historical context that's very easy to just be like, to write them off entirely and other them. Yeah. N- Nazis and, are the and, go-to or, example of like the baby-eating monsters. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, that's one of the reasons I kind Godwin. of think we just shouldn't <laughs> use Nazis as a thing we label people who aren't literally part of the Nazi party. Yeah, yeah. It, it does carry a lot of baggage. I well, mean, not just that it carries baggage, but it literally makes you subhuman and okay to kill. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, I mean, you don't have any rights because you're just so evil. You're just you. You've already screwed up. Right. Which I would be okay with if they actually were a Nazi. Like I see the pictures of Indiana Jones punching a Nazi. Yep. And people are like, "We should punch Nazis," and no one points out that about thirty seconds later, Indiana Jones murders that Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> when you see pictures of Captain America punching Hitler, people don't point out that we were out there to murder Hitler, and we're glad he's dead. The, the the 1940s German Nazis do deserve to be killed, and that's why they make such great villains. But calling anyone a Nazi automatically reverts into that subhuman status, and so I'm really reluctant to do it. Yeah, I guess if you want to come out and raise your hand and say, I'm a Nazi, then you're welcoming all of that filtering, I guess. But yeah. I, I don't know what to say about that. I, I don't know. I have a, a short list of notes here, and most of it, I've labeled it confusion, upsides, downsides. Mm-hmm. And the confusion takes up the bulk of the page. Downsides is, <laughs> is a few bullet points, and then the upsides is just two little things. I'm like, what could be the point of doing this is really what I'm trying to think of. I, I guess it is just a shut down terrible discourse. So no one wants these people to have a microphone except in principle, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. maybe that's the litmus test is that, you know, Unless we're talking abstractly, no one actually wants to give these people a platform. Well, I mean, yeah, like like earlier, Inuyashi mentioned um, the Westboro Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the worst thing that they've ever said? They're mostly, like, they've said things about the LGBT community, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And mostly about God not liking them yes. or hating them. Yes. Th- th- is that, like, the worst they've ever done is just go around and say those things? They've done a lot of things. Uh, they've... I mean, they're probably now most famous for picketing the soldiers of, uh, or the funerals of soldiers. Oh, right. Because, uh, America, no, God hates America because America loves fags or something. So. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and then, and then you have people like Richard Spencer who say substantially worse things. Like, I, and I know this was from an internet wayback machine. I haven't seen what he said recently, mm-hmm. but all signs seem to point to hardcore white nationalists slash possible nazi i'm i'm salutes I'm, and every all that imagery right, aside aside from the subhumanness i'm actually okay saying that he probably signs on to nazi ideology yeah sure the only real direction i was going with that was just that like it, it seems like what he's saying is substantial people in his his group mm-hmm. is, is substantially worse than even what the westboro baptist church says okay but then again that's kind of i mean that's kind of hard to compare those two things i just well i think i mean so the westboro baptist church so far as I know, and I don't know a lot, I think they they make claims that yeah, you know, 
homosexuality is the worst thing ever and people who are gay are terrible but i don't think they're literally saying but they don't advocate for killing them yeah so that that's i think that's might well, be they, the line that some people draw they don't okay, advocate think, for yeah. killing them um explicitly but they do say that like they'd be okay with it yeah they do say that homosexuals deserve to die that yeah, they should they're just not going to do it but yes. that that's but even that 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 quote earlier from alternativeright.com was was more explicit than that. Right. It was so, it was like you know, entertaining the questions like how might the world be better without these group of people will wow. will lead to enlightenment yeah. and flourishing thought. Well, uh, no, I mean that, Westboro Baptist does say that about gays. Oh, that the well, world would be better and more enlightened without them, and they should all be gone. That's interesting. So why aren't are all these people that are pro punching Spencer pro punching every Westboro Baptist person? <laughs> I would assume so if they were consistent, but they very strongly say only Nazis. Yeah, I guess there's yeah. there's the, like we keep talking about. There's this magical category for Nazis. It's yeah. it's yeah. It's well, it's 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 topical, and yeah, I would I'm willing to bet that they wouldn't necessarily say those that that same thing about the Westboro Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they specifically said they don't say that about the Westboro Baptist Church when I talked to them. Okay, okay. Side note: um, Alternative Right, the the website, did that precede Breitbart? I mean, I don't remember how long ago it was. Okay. Because you, you you mentioned that you mentioned that Richard Spencer is like more or less the the founder of the alternative right movement. I'm not sure if the entire movement, but it seems that the uh, name alt right came from his coinage from his website. Okay, okay. And he's certainly a big name in the movement, which is interesting because none of us have ever heard of him before a few months ago, right? Yep. No, the the first time I saw him was when he was in that hotel saying, you know, hail Trump, hail our, hail our people, and yeah. everyone was. <laughs> Throwing up the salute. I mean, Stephen just said we don't want to give him a platform, but no one has ever given him a platform. The only platform he gets is when he does things so outrageous on camera that the news says, oh my God, look at how outrageous this is. Kind of like, like Milo Yiannopoulos? Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and and like uh, the Westboro Baptists. They, they only get coverage when they're so fucking crazy that the media says, look how crazy they are. They, yeah. He doesn't have any sort of a job at a newspaper or anything. Of course, in Milo's case, I mean, he's 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 more like an alt right troll, right? He's 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 there to be an entertainer. He's there to stir people up and you know be, be inflammatory, you know, like like and 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 paint the left in as bad a light as he possibly can and misconstrue their points and so on and so forth. Is it bad that I'm sometimes entertained by Milo? No, I mean he's he, he's he, he's a witty guy. Like he's yeah. he's he's clearly he seems like an intelligent person at the very you know, but he he's directing his his wits toward being an asshole, basically. Yeah. I apparently need to get out more. I have no idea you guys are talking about. Oh, he's he's another alt right celebrity. Yeah, he's 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 associated with Breitbart. Yeah, and he got his. Uh, he, he was he the first Twitter um, person that got his Twitter Twitter purged. Yeah, well, he was. Yeah, he he got banned from Twitter uh, for being just so controversial all the time. But and and I mean, I, I think it was more than just that. I'm just giving kind of like a really basic view of it, but. Um, you think he's the first person to get banned from Twitter? Well, not entirely, but there was a bit of a purge uh, not too long ago of various alt-right Twitter trolls, and mm. I think he was the first one in that wave, right? I see. Yeah, it was it was it was like back in June or something like that. And now and now, of course, he's 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 doing that to his advantage. He's standing up and being like, "Well, I wouldn't go back to Twitter even if they begged me to," <laughs> and and so on. So he looks like this awesome martyr for the alt-right or whatever it is. But yeah, no. Mo- most of the concerns around Milo, uh, what he talks about when he's invited to, you know, speak at a campus by the Republican Club or whatever. Um, like I believe there, there was a bit of a controversy about him outing a trans person at a. Oh, I did hear about this guy. Right? Yeah. Like, like he named. What's the person's a, last name? 
uh, Yiannopoulos. So it's oh, like that's it, that's the person that was at U- University of Washington on Friday. Yes. Uh, so, so so that's that, that's who this was about. That's why. Yeah, okay. I, it's, it's like Y I A N N. Yeah. Holy shit! So now we've come full circle. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so like he was. I forget which university he was speaking at, but he like he named a, a trans person that was attending that college and showed a picture of this person, and a lot of people viewed that as essentially an act of violence endangering the life of that person by outing them and making it known that they were trans yeah that was actually an article that i was reading here that's why it sounded so familiar yeah um i'm trying to scroll through and find the name of the school but it's not super important guys so, it sounds like guys sounds like a total dick um what do we what do we think about the argument that uh some speech can be violence so i guess then we kind of fall back on so that's um, what a lot of people who are in favor of Nazi punching would say. Yeah. Definitely. And Sean, you gave that the example, self-defense against the, violence. the classic example of yelling fire in a movie theater. Yeah. In John Stuart Mill's On Liberty, uh, short book, basically the the Bible for libertarians. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a short enough read you can read it in half an hour or an hour if you're slow like me. Um, the sentence that encapsulates the whole thesis of the book is: "The freedom to swing my fist ends where your face begins." And the whole whole idea is that I can do whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting other people. And consenting adults can do whatever they want as long as they're not hurting other people. The example that he gives as far as speech that might be somewhat relevant is that apparently it was common for corn farmers to stock all their their harvest and then basically ransom it out and say, oh, no, we're super short. You know, we're going to have to hike up sales a lot. And uh, that was the analogy that he gave. And he was saying that it would be perfectly acceptable for somebody to have a town meeting and hand out flyers and say the town corn farmer might be trying to fuck us or you know this this is a bad establishment that allows this to happen it wouldn't be appropriate to have that conversation on the lawn of the town corn farmer and get everyone all riled up oh. and and hating on this this group of people or just that that, that, it, that it, there's a reasonable expectation that that could happen mm-hmm. and so that's even where mill was ready to say you know what i'm ready to draw the line on free speech there so I guess I I don't like this is this is going to some maybe sound somewhat annoying to somebody but I don't like the idea of saying speech is violence I think that that's I mean if speech is violence then what's then what's violence so it's it's, so, it's, it's indirect right it's it's not like the words are actually physically harming people obviously but it's 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 that those words can lead to acts of violence like yeah. in, in in the case of the in the case of people who are um, marginalized or oppressed, right? Oh, so it can lead to actual physical violence, right? Well, oh. like, like, like the whole idea was was like, like again, like if, if Milo Yiannopoulos goes to a college campus and outs a trans trans person, that's potentially a violent act because there are people that would do that oh, trans person harm. Okay, I see. Be- the idea is that you um, don't dox people, right? It, right, right. It's it's an invasion of privacy, and you, you never know who might be willing to commit commit acts of violence with that knowledge, right? Yeah, but that that also potentially gets into a bit of a gray area slash slippery slope type thing. So okay, so I guess I'll I'll rescind my my comment on speech not being. I guess so. No one's saying that the words themselves are violence. Oh, no. They're saying that no, it's that it leads to violence, and that's that's a bad thing, and that's obviously a fair concern. I, okay, so personal story time again. I can kind of understand the statement that uh, threats are violence in themselves because I. When I lived at a different place once, and one of my neighbors was kind of an asshole, and he would get drunk a lot. And one time I was out, and I got a call from my SO saying that the guy just uh, yelled over from his porch, I'm going to go over there and shoot all of you. And I freaked the fuck out. And uh, I literally got lost driving home. Oh, It was like 
I was 10 minutes away because I was so out of my mind with with both rage and um you know that when you want to kill someone that sort of the the shock of it um that I couldn't drive straight I I didn't know where I was but I finally got home and if he would have been there like out front in front of our doors it took me a few days to get over that because hearing someone that you love threatened like that yeah it it, it is it feels like violence and I can I can totally understand someone who uh, who is in a targeted minority, someone who's black or Jewish, hearing uh, we should we should consider black genocide f- being physically not physically but psychologically harmed by that feeling that they've yeah, been very, assaulted. Yeah, very very emotionally impactful, right? Yeah. Um, and it makes makes the idea of hitting them seem super sympathizable. Fuck yes, it does. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I understand why he was hit. The thing that I'm uh, upset about is how many people are cheering this on and saying yes this is a thing we should do yeah and 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 not a lot of them and not everyone who advocates for punching a nazi is is putting it in in the terms that we're putting it they're not exactly presenting the most nuanced they're they're using again internet pathos right they're showing images of captain america they're showing images of indiana jones they're saying well, well of course it's okay to punch those people but but they're also very removed from it a lot of them are are not like like a lot of the people I've I've seen who advocate for it are not necessarily members of a marginalized group, but they're all, but they're oftentimes people who are sympathetic with people who are marginalized. They're very they're very you know they're very social justice minded. I guess for for them it might make a certain degree of sense. Like yeah, of, of course the you know like these are the people who are going to be hurt by this. Their scale of violence is not the same as ours. Yeah. And thus, so so maybe so maybe on some level they, they don't want like an axiomatic view of how a civil society works to get in the way of protecting the marginalized people, right? They, yeah. they see themselves. I mean, I, I don't want to say like saviors, but like <laughs> like, like like people who who, they, who are the warrior and social justice warrior. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they sure. Are here stopping sure. the Holocaust from st- coming on our shores. Right. No, I I mean I understand that, but there's I would assume, and I, I'll get into uh, uh, a comparison here in a second. If you're worried about violence against your group, wouldn't you want the laws to be strong and strictly enforced? Because the problem comes from when there are lynch mobs and there are people being beaten in the streets and the cops being okay with that. Being like, yeah, no, he's a Nazi or yeah, no, he's a Jew. So it's totally okay. It's this guy can threaten people. And yes, that is frightening and that is um infuriating but as long as you know that if he tries to come after you the cops and the rest of society will be there to stop that i think that is a stronger protection than going out and punching people and starting fights in the streets yeah i think well I, you definitely have a point i i, I but i I, w- I guess i would I, I would say that there, there are some marginalized groups who don't feel that the law has their best interests in mind and and that's kind of a whole other can of worms or you know that's that's a rabbit hole and i'm i i'll admit i'm not i I mean i mean i i read about these things sometimes but i i don't necessarily feel like and there's a certain level i can't really speak to it on i guess i guess that comes back to the whole efficacy point because uh one of the people i was talking with was uh big into the punk scenes in the oh in, in the 90s Oh, and, and let me get like like not neo Nazis showed up to those yeah neo- and, and and they were like the only way to deal with them is to just punch them out and get them out of there exactly uh, they yeah said I've, that, I've seen that before yeah yeah that the only way to deal with them is to resist physically and let them know that they will be beat if they come to these spaces yeah they're because, talking about skinheads who show up to punk shows and stuff yep yeah exactly like just listen to the because, music or to be dicks both 
yeah, I, mean, I, I wasn't around for that scene. I was way it, too it's young. It's loud, but. thrashy music that appeals to people who have a lot of you know testosterone and want to fight on both sides. And so uh, they they would be a danger to bystanders. They would overwhelm the bouncer's ability to take care of the venue, and it quickly became a social norm that you punch Nazis. That that was just you see a Nazi, you punch a Nazi, you get him the fuck out of there, or they're going to ruin everything and make the place dangerous for people. And in that case, I totally uh, sympathize because. A club like that is already an anarchistic, lawless environment. The police don't well, sure. come in there and they don't care about fights in punk clubs. They're like, whatever, you you white kids beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like this microcosm of like a no man's land, exactly. right? right? And in those cases, you do need that sort of violence. And in that case, I would be uh, a proponent of doing that. But I don't think we have that situation on the streets of New York. I mean, there, as you pointed out, there are serious problems with how law enforcement is done in this country mm-hmm. and how it uh, is, in many places, anti-minority. Mm-hmm. And I can see how they would feel like they're not being protected by the law. And so they do have to take things into their own hands. Right, right. They, they, like, they don't have that same confidence that you and I might have. Exactly. In, in the same situation. We, you know, so I, I, I guess, like, I, I, just, I just wanted to bring that up as, like, I, I want to acknowledge that that's a thing, mm-hmm. you know, in general. That's an uh, important thing. I'm wondering how to engage it. I guess. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm uh, I, yeah, I'm in kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I. I mean, ideally, the best way to engage it is to make the law be actually just and the law enforcement be just. But right, easier said than done. Not though. an ideal world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah race uh, relations are not where they need to be yet. Right. I did have a sort of lateral move I wanted to discuss at least briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. In. Germany and at least at least Germany, some other parts of the UK maybe, it's against the law to express beliefs of Holocaust denial. Yes. Oh, and that's right. I did hear about that. I wonder There's... if if, that you, if you could say if someone might say, well, okay, fine, we don't have to hit him. We just make it against the law to say that you know we want to kill black people or something. I would actually and be okay with that. I I have hmm. a mixed position on this. I would rather that there be a law that singles out something that everyone in society agrees is horrific and should not be tolerated and have it actually be codified as part of our laws rather than having this anarchistic vigilante justice. Well, if you had to pick, sure, between between random vigilant, vigilante justice and a law to pr- prevent that expressed belief. But for me, the best kind of argument I heard to to this this law in the UK is that if, if you're the kind of idiot who is a Holocaust denier, by all means, put that on your Facebook mm-hmm. or say it in front of a TV camera and let everyone know how fucking stupid you are and then that way we can all update our opinions about you accordingly. Whereas if you can't even express that belief, then you know you might be friends with some idiot Holocaust and I are not even know it, right? Because they can't express that belief to you. So I mean, if you say, well, you can't share Pepe the Frog memes because it's whatever supportive of this this shitty, shitty demographic of, of assholes, well, then they're gonna just have some other maybe secret signs or something. But then, for all you know, you're going to be friends with these people. And I guess if, the, if it never came up, then all the better. But it seems like I, I'd be kind of in favor of you, if you going out there and, and letting everyone know how dumb you are. And the laws that that might impede that, I can see their, their utility, but I wonder if that's worth the cost. It might be. I'm not really super tied to that belief, but it is an interesting counterpoint. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm wondering how you would make that actionable. Like 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 you're, you're saying, have, have a law where it's illegal to basically talk about genocide or or to advocate for it or something maybe like advocate that. for it i mean i think i wouldn't want to make a law like In that case if someone publishes a website saying we should seriously consider black genocide you would pull them into court you would say look here is the website here is his name on it 
and here's the picture he posted. Um, send him to jail for two years or however long it is, or slap him with a ten thousand dollar fine. I don't know what what the case may be. Hmm. That sounds appropriate. I I wanted to at least because we've we've done a lot of I think kicking back against the pro punch position. What what should people be doing instead? That strikes me as a very important question that I'd like to at least consider but i don't what, i don't really what, have a good answer what, what's the question what should know. we what should we do instead to oh, people, oh, instead people of punching. Like spencer and that community since we're mostly not in favor of of hitting them in the street randomly and i guess um, to me i get my main my main concern too i i have a hard time thinking of of like not worst case scenarios as far as in this case like collateral damage i imagine like throwing a brick through his window and killing a toddler like yeah, i mean yeah, you know so would would they say, well, fuck it, that toddler? Yeah, you know, I imagine some people would rationalize it and say, well, well that, toddler, that was people that was have been baby rationalizing Nazi. all kinds of so yeah. Any social movement that rely or that could uh, plausibly lead to the death of innocent people, mm-hmm. like that kid at University of Washington got shot. I think he's well, he's been moved from critical to serious condition, but that could have very easily killed him, and it still might, right? So, like, I guess if you're gonna say, yeah, I'm totally down with with violence against these people, you're better be prepared to say this is the amount of false positives i'm ready to tolerate what, what was what was the shooting at the university of washington that you're referring to oh that kid had a anti-swastika tattoo oh that it looked one. like a swastika tattoo right okay, okay um right so i mean you know reasonable error if you're if your goal is saying i'm going to kill nazis uh it's just a false positive we got to accept yeah i mean i mean so, i mean rough tattoo choice but i'm not gonna obviously it's not that person's fault and no one should be shot for for having any sort of tattoo so i guess if 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 we're not in favor of saying yeah hit them in the street what are we in favor of what what would be a better way to engage these assholes or just Uh, ignore them if there are 200 people i'm kind of in favor of ignoring them discrediting them as much as possible disrupting them being really just like not inviting them to anything don't don't let them go into your private spaces at the very least yeah that's obviously the first step i don't know shame them shout them down like there's all kinds of non-physically violent ways i mean you could be aggressive with them and yell at them until they go away argument gets counter-argument is, yeah. is always my thing because they are just wrong about society being worse off when it's multicultural and diverse. And that's pretty fucking obvious uh, to most people. There, there's a reason that there's only a few hundred of them and they've been losing for decades in this country. And uh, I think, you know, first of all, giving the counter argument, but also, as you're saying, pointing out that they're violent, uh, evil assholes drives people away. Uh, sometimes reaching out to some of them uh, and I... I talked earlier about the guy who was invited to to jewish dinners there was another guy who was uh had a swastika tattoo on his face <laughs> and was like, like on his forehead or uh i didn't say which where exactly on his Jesus. face it was but uh right. swastika tattoo on his face really really down on his luck and he was uh moving furniture to make ends meet and a rich jewish guy hired him and uh he hmm. was like well i hate this guy but I really need to eat and pay rent, so I'll move the furniture. And afterwards, uh, the Jewish guy tipped him very well and said, you were awesome. We want to come back and help me uh, next week? He was like, yeah, okay, sure. And eventually, they, they got a pretty good rapport, and the guy also dropped out of the, the Nazi movement. And when he asked the Jewish guy, hey, why did you hire me when I had a swastika? Right. He's like, well, you were a good worker, and uh, you looked like you were down on your luck and needed some work. And I said, sure, why not? And I, I was like, first of all, 
props to that Jewish guy. I would not have Seriously, fired that guy. I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Yeah, but. but he broke down those barriers, and that was amazing. But so there's that. There's just um, mocking them. Um, I will link to a podcast about um, how the KKK was taken down by Superman. Oh, well, that's a great one. Yeah, Ooh, I love okay. the story. It sounds interesting. Oh, well, it, it's fantastic. They um, they had someone infiltrate the KKK, and they always have their secret meetings where they have their special robes, and they talk in codes and all this. And Ridiculous codes, too, like Grand Dragon and all the stuff that you'd imagine kids would play with. Yeah, and the guy who The secret club. Them, the yeah. secret KKK club. Yeah, it, it was seriously like boys in a treehouse having their secret cub, club, <laughs> and just the focus of his, we really hate black people. Now let's have our fun weekend activity or whatever. Let's go and bowling. With a side of impotent rage. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the guy worked for a uh, radio program, a Superman program. This Was, was this the 40s? 30s it was before tv was big yes, radio was the big like thing okay so yeah 40s probably yeah and um he leaked all this information to the guys working on the superman program and superman started fighting the kkk in the program and the kkk they would reveal all their all their sacred codes they would just make them look ridiculous they would point out that these are just dumb guys in a treehouse basically and the uh, people who were in the KKK, their kids listened to the Superman show. And they would start running around the playground playing Superman versus the KKK. That's brilliant. <laughs> yes. What and podcast is this? Because this is all sounding like exactly like I just heard this very recently. Uh, I think it may have been Radiolab. Maybe like it was I, This American Life. I'm not sure. I, I actually no, it, to, it was probably This American Life. I don't actually listen to either of those. Hmm. I, I oh, feel like okay. I saw this in a documentary or something very, like within the last month. Because okay. like, this is all very fresh for me. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's hilarious. They, they were basically shamed out of being the KKK because it was pointed out how ridiculous and dumb they are. Sure. And, and after that, the KKK, I mean, it was still a thing, but it became far less powerful. Uh, so there's that. There is a group called Indivisible. And they have a website, indivisibleguide.com, I believe it is, but I'll double-check that. Uh, and they are posting all sorts of things on how you can resist the Trump administration in a peaceful and possibly effective way. Things you can do, how you can contact your Congress creators, how you can put political pressure on things from your own district at home. Uh, and I will link that as well. But there's a lot of nonviolent things that people can do and that I think would be more effective than trying to be violent. Sure. The the other thing I I guess yeah people some of the people in favor of like yeah it's okay to you know punch Nazis uh, have said that well it's not really violence because people like Richard Spencer are are they're the ones they're like they're the oppressors they're the bad guys you know like like it's 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 kind of that whole thing I'm I'm probably not presenting it very well but I've I've seen this on a couple of friends walls where they basically say you know I'm 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 a pacifist I'm against violence but doing this is not violence. Which is, I mean, I, I don't I don't entirely agree with that, but it's mostly a semantic thing. I also think they vastly overestimate how much power he has. But, like, and and that's entirely right. And I mean, I think, like, again, it kind of ties into, like, social justice movements where, like, any, any form of oppression where if, if, you're, if you're a member of society that holds the card, so to speak, then, then some of your actions can be construed as violence, whereas some other ones might not be, okay. even if on the surface they appear as such. But the guy that punched him was also an able-bodied white man. Oh yes, no, no, I'm I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I I'm just I, I was kind of grasping at straws for that one because this is me just trying to like 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 here are some arguments I've seen like they're not necessarily arguments that I agree with, but they're th this is some of the rhetoric that I've seen kicked down, and I that was very incomplete it's as a far as I can argument because it seems to me like. The social justice left has a fair amount of power. Well, yeah, no, I mean certainly it, more than than Richard Spencer does, anyway. Yeah, 
I mean, you, you, you might, you might say that. I, 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 and I mean, and, and, and here's the other thing. And this is, this is kind of another, like, I mean, a guy got away with punching well, a man in the street. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, like, and, and I think this happens sometimes in general with people who are very fired up and, 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 and fervent about these ideas of social justice is that the, the, the have a tendency to conflate the idea of systemic power with individual power, where it's like, if you, if you commit an act of violence or you do something against someone on an individual level, you think things like racial discrimination will cut all directions. If you're talking about one-on-one or in small groups on a systemic level, obviously that doesn't quite play out the same way, but people, people sometimes seem to just kind of say like they, they, they'll look at a pattern. They'll be like, well, this involved a person of this color and this involved, involved a person of this other color. So therefore that wasn't actually racist. That wasn't racially motivated. I so, I mean, that might be where some of that comes from. Speaking of weird rhetoric, I there was a great well, there is a great subreddit called Change My View, where somebody put forward you know in the title of the the thread their position, and sure. then they'll defend it as many paragraphs as it takes, and then people will try and talk them out of it, and in good faith they tend to engage. In fact, if the Change original poster doesn't respond yeah, heard, within three hours to the original to to comments coming in, the thread gets removed. So the, it it demands open. Like actual discourse. I think change and, my view is another wonderful way to yeah. fight this sort of thing without punching people. There was I just was reading one today. Mm. Somebody said I th- it was basically taking your position. They had your position. They were being called a Nazi by their Facebook friends because they were a Nazi sympathizer because mm-hmm. they were saying you shouldn't hit Nazis. And he's like, I'm not saying you shouldn't hit Nazis. I'm saying you shouldn't hit ev- anybody, including Nazis. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there were sure. uh, the further down you go, obviously, just like with every sorted comment thread, the worse the the arguments get, and they got to be kind of dumb. Along the lines of like, well, at what point are you allowed to hit him? You know, if there's some guy marching around with a gun saying, I'm going to shoot black people, do you, do you hit him then? Do you wait till he takes aim? You pin him down yeah. and you call the it, cops. You, you, immediately. So that's a yeah. credible, that's and, a credible threat of violence. Yeah. Definitely. So I think there, you know, or there like, there are some times when punching is appropriate. Yeah. And so some of these were kind of dumb, but I, it, the, the point they were trying to make, but poorly was at where, where is the, Where's the line? When is it okay to hit Spencer? I, I think I, I, I'll put forward my own idea on it, and it was what I said earlier, which is when it changes from talking about the, the notion as kind of just a circle jerky little thing about, you know, we have our, our little fringe belief, let's sit here and engage about it back and forth to our little community, and saying, all right, guys, grab your guns, we're going to go do this. I think right. the second that they make a plan... So you so a credible threat of violence, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, as soon as he actually were to single out a black person or a black neighborhood and say, let's start here, that is when you intervene. So I, would, I guess we're all, that was a pretty quick answer. I thought it might, <laughs> it might be a, a conversation, but I think that that's a, a fair thing. I guess I think maybe the concern come back to that could be something along the lines of what if they don't say, all right, guys, Friday night and it's Tuesday, they say right now, let's go do this. And there's just not time. So is there any right. point where preemptive strike is appropriate? Mm-hmm. And... I don't really have a good answer to that. I feel yeah, kind of like we've been, that's sort of the issue we've been talking about, that yeah. if you if you authorize preemptive strikes, you're going to get a lot of false positives. You're going to have a hard time pinning down it when exactly it's okay. I think uh, there's definitely a point where preemptive strikes are appropriate, but that requires a huge burden of, of proof if you're yeah. advocating that sort of thing. If you're advocating being violent to someone else before they have been violent first, right. you and, better and, have a damn good reason. Yeah, and, and, like, and like, what is sufficient evidence for that mm-hmm. in, in that case where you simply just don't have enough information? Like, or, or, well, 
I mean, actually, even without that, just like what would sufficient evidence be in general? Like it's if if it's if it's a too little, too late thing where it's like, okay, we're just gonna be we're just gonna hands off, hands off, hands off. Oh, suddenly some horrible thing happens. A bunch of people get lit up in a neighborhood, and it's like, well, we maybe if we'd listened to all those Nazi punchy puncher people, you know, like maybe this wouldn't have happened. I, I mean, and I think that at least in the USA, maybe this, this is different in other countries, but at least in the USA, we are so far away from Nazis actually being a threat that it is we are far more and we're not close to this either but we are far closer to the threat of um random mobs in the streets choosing people they don't like and beating them than we are to uh the fascists taking over and implementing their genocidal policies sure true true to social media in general like there are people who are you know catastrophizing certain things and kind of making this assumption that like yeah it's going to be it's going to straight up be Third Reich all over again. Yeah. Do we even need to point out that the Nazis got started by having mobs of vigilantes in the streets? They were not originally in power in Germany. They started out as yep. groups of thugs and kids wandering the streets saying, the laws do not punish the Jews enough. We must do it more for them. Right. They, were, they, they weren't like completely peaceful, right? They, they actually did use violence in small yes. groups. They would and, punch and, people. They would beat people. They yeah. would even now and then kill people. But it started out with mobs beating someone that they thought was not being sufficiently punished by the government. Right. Which is what we have here, yes? A vigilante beating someone who he believes is not being sufficiently silenced by the government? We have a distilled mm. version of that, like a weaker yeah. version. Like right now, yeah, we only I would, got one I would guy. Definitely, yeah, we had one guy. Right. There there was, I mean, he ran after the, after the punch because he knew he wouldn't get support enough support from the crowd to stick around and, and hang out. So, mm. I mean, And he also didn't want to get arrested. Yeah. yeah. So it was a little different, but mm -hmm. uh, it does sound like a slippery slope to something like that, right? Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's a slippery slope, but it's something that I would like to be on the lookout for. And. The fact that people are gleefully cheering on the the guy who wants to, who is basically the small scale version of the uh, brown shirts wandering the streets, is is what really horrifies me. Hmm. I think that's fair. I I don't have much else to to weigh in on that. Um, I'm certainly open to to civil counter argument. I do have one argument pro punching that I really kind of respect, even though I don't want to. <laughs> uh, what, what's that? Um. The argument is that there is no such thing as nonviolence or nonviolent action that is effective if there isn't a also violent action um, complementing it. That, for example, Gandhi would have failed in India if it wasn't for the fact that the British had just gone through a brutal world war and were militarily weakened and just didn't have the, the will to fight anymore, uh, that the civil rights movement here in America would have never gone anywhere if it wasn't for the fact that there were Black Panthers uh, burning places and hmm. carrying guns around. And that uh, it, it originally, people, when they saw Martin Luther King, were just shocked and offended that he would do such a thing and ask for, for these concessions. And then the Black Panthers show up with their guns and their firebombs and they realize, well, he's certainly much better than the Black Panthers, and we're going to have race riots on our hands, and uh, we would rather deal with Martin Luther King than deal with these uh, violent mobs. And that is one of the reasons I do think that violence sometimes is justified. Uh, it certainly was in that case when the law was on the side of terror as instead of on the side of order. Uh, right, but the, this it could be made a claim could be made that this is serving the same function by having a minority who is violent 
and uh, does that sort of thing. It gives more power to the nonviolent groups that all of a sudden people who were kind of on the sidelines before uh, join into the nonviolent movement and push that stronger just because they want to avoid the, the violence getting out of control. It makes hmm. it makes the whole problem unignorable. Yeah. Okay. And you can't have that if you don't have some small minority that is doing the violence. Do, do, do you think it also could mitigate greater acts of violence by like th- this 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 relatively minor like this guy throws an elbow and he runs away if he is 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 part of the argument also that like if 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 so like if that didn't happen maybe something could have escalated into an even worse act of violence before people would react to it and say hey maybe we shouldn't do this oh i didn't hear that but that that is also a point yeah just something that came to mind yeah okay. i mean it certainly raised my consciousness to the fact that there's even a a population of neo-nazis in the united states okay like i i I probably am not a representative demographic of of people who pay attention so maybe i might be out of the loop on this one well i think Um, you're probably rather um basic uh american norm i think you're actually more informed than the the median american which would make me think that most people didn't know that there was these neo-nazi groups Eh, probably less informed than the average listener though okay but um i mean yeah i suppose i i would have I guess I knew that there were skinheads and people with swastika tattoos, but I thought it was mainly like prison gangs, you know, a few hundred mm-hmm. people. And that apparently is what it is. But I wasn't aware that they had some some TV time and that sort of nonsense. So certainly raised my consciousness to the problem. And if there's anything nonviolent that I can do that can help mitigate their publicity, I'd, I'd be down to do something like that that I wouldn't have been able to do had you not told me that this happened. Right. So It, it puts right. me in the bizarre mental position of wanting nonviolence and hating violence but realizing that it may be a necessary thing that has to be there and i don't want to admit that speaking of nonviolence and gandhi just real quick i i have a my my bone to pick with with gandhian pacifism is that his whole approach wouldn't have worked if his enemy had been crueler right right? so like the whole idea of like well i'm going to be nonviolent only works so like say if it's you know a, a small town only works like on a personal level or a small subsection level until some person who's prepared to be violent will come and stop the violent the the aggressor right yeah so it's it's not a, a generalizable thing it I don't know I guess it seems like they're they're dodging a hard question and uh, just putting the occup- put, pushing the problem to somebody else if the occupational forces just didn't care and were willing to wipe everyone out then if they'd been the Nazis been and yeah not, exactly. and, not, and not and not Britain right yeah mm. so and here we are back at Nazis. <laughs> yep. Godwind. I mean, it, not really, because we've been talking about it since the very beginning, but you know what I mean. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Do we have anything else? So so recently there was the Women's March, and I know that uh, there's been talk about uh, organizing mass-scale protests every month. I'm very curious to see how that goes. Marches are another wonderful way yeah. to nonviolently resist. And fucking and, good and on the, the women's the, march, the dude, largest in history, like yes. two point five million people. Oh god, yeah, no, it's like across the nation, huge turnout. Like, like this is I like, have, like, like to just to see how much of the country is resisting the new presidency, yeah. and and marching in favor of women's rights. Like, it's, it's pretty amazing. I had a little bit of my faith in humanity restored just slightly <laughs> <laughs> upon seeing that. I went to the one in, in Denver for a few hours on Saturday morning, and it was awesome. Uh, how was that? It was fun. I mean, there were there were fun signs, people, people. But what I really went to see was to kind of gauge the the feeling of the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also really was looking to see if there were any counter protesters, and I didn't see anybody. I was I was wondering if there would be any sort of you know assaults against them or something. Which I mean, you know, you're kind of putting yourself out there to get your ass kicked if you're gonna go out there and 
uh, I don't know, but I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you, mm-hmm. you're accepting that level of risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I didn't see anything like that. Everyone was cool. Um, it was just, I tried to get up, I went up on like the, the hill at the Capitol building and, then when they moved to the 16th Street Mall, they went up to like the third floor there and just people as far as you could see. It was awesome. huge. Um, but yeah, everyone was peaceful and it was, it was nice. Uh, dude, I wish I would have been there. At I least mean, if, for an if, hour or two. Yeah, you if know? Doing, I mean, if they're doing it again every, every, I yeah, imagine, I, uh, yeah. turnout will probably diminish. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, you, I guess people probably kept some other signs. So, yeah, fun stuff. Good on you. Yeah, I mean, it was more just curiosity. I don't even know, really know what their platform is. Okay. I did look it up, and they have like six rough platforms that they're like, you know, well, we're pro, we're pro choice, or apparently anti anti choice. There, there was okay. there was the hmm. uh, there was a sentiment to where isn't um, anti anti choice the same thing as pro choice? Yes, but they, well, <laughs> but they were anti uh, anti someone else making the choice for you. you what mean, what am I trying to say? They were anti. What's the other side called? They're anti pro life people. They, they explicitly didn't want them to come. Oh, uh, there there were some pro life groups that reached out and said, "Hey, we're we're we want to support and join in on this." Oh. And then they were like, "Yeah, sure." And then people were like, "Are you fucking kidding? They're against our right to do stuff." Like, "Oh yeah, never mind, guys." Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. Wait, 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 yeah, I don't understand why how a pro life well because they're advocate would you can be against Trump still. Well, oh, oh, be, sorry. Okay, I, I was I was talking about specifically like reproductive rights. Like, like how would they? Well, okay. That, oh, it, 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 it was a multi-purpose march, so that makes sense. Yeah, a lot. Okay, part of the march was, and that's the thing. The signs ranged from everything from Trump has tiny hands to <laughs> yeah. like yeah. get your you know get your laws out of my vagina and stuff. And so, right, it, it, it wasn't like a unified purpose. It was, but it was a general thing. And to me, it was mainly about uh, the the impression I got was that it wasn't so much about any of these specific platforms. There was also concern for LGBT immigrants and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, it was just solidarity with women. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a message I can get behind. Yeah, no, uh, it's an anti-Trump and women's rights. Yeah, kind of the anti-Trump combined. part was interesting. I mean, I I don't have a, a flushed out opinion on this, but it is interesting. Like the idea that we're going to rally against the democratic process. I mean, mm, well, I, I'm probably I'm probably more anti-democracy than the average person, but oh, it, I think they're yeah. No, I mean, well, I no, think dissent is part of the democratic process, though. It, it is. It is part of the democratic, and and they're. I'd be willing to bet that it's more. It's it's less protesting the democratic process and more the protesting specifically trump and the policies that he yeah. has been enacting in the last well I I, the, the women's march was was that on the 21st yeah it was, it was that saturday. whole weekend right it was saturday might have been the whole weekend but i think the first the major was the 21st on saturday but but we've i, I don't know like i haven't i haven't fact checked this 100 percent. but i mean supposedly there have been some policies uh signed off on by trump already that are very troubling um the i mean so I, unfortunately, I'm still kind of like coming to grips with this. I never really processed the possibility of him becoming president until like <laughs> oh, 9.30 on November 8th. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then right, there right, right, right through Friday afternoon, I'm like, well, someone will probably kill him at inauguration. Oh, <laughs> it's like, maybe this won't actually happen. And then it did. And so like, then I'm, I'm getting, I don't know, four or five news articles a day where it's like, oh, President Trump signed in the Keystone Pipeline with an executive mm, order. Yeah. President Trump signed that bill that every Republican signs that, that, Mm. Uh, keeps American foreign aid from going to organizations that are pro-abortion. Yeah, well, so that that might have been what you're thinking of. But that's the only that's the only anti-woman thing that I can think of that he's done so far. Yeah, was it is it is it, is it the gay? It's like the gag rule. It's like if the so much is mentioned. Um, oh no, that that's that's a that's a domestic thing, and that's always okay. been a symbolic. That goes back and forth. In fact, 
George Bush, the first paper he signed, yeah. Clinton, the first paper he signed. Yeah, Obama, they, keep, the they keep undoing it and that, redoing that, it. That doesn't actually do anything. This was specifically, okay. the U.S. gives, I think, 0.018% of its GDP to foreign aid. This, this bill kept any of that money going to from going to charities that uh, help with like birth control or abortion or anything like that. Okay. So is it 0.18% of GDP or 0.18% of the government? 0.018% maybe. Of GDP or of the government's budget? Uh, government's budget. Okay. I think. Okay. I, I'll double check. I, these were in our EA episode. Okay. Um, they're in that also in Singer's uh, The Life You Can Save, his book. Yeah, the shit that's been coming out of the Trump administration just in the it's last terrifying. few days. Yeah. It still freaks me out. Like the, the fact just, that it's actually the Affordable real. Health Care Act, the. The g- g- gagging the EPA? Yep. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. yeah this is By Friday, well, he, the, he the bl- climate change page on the on the uh oh. on the washington on white house website was gone well that is also no longer in spanish available in spanish <laughs> that well that well the reason for that and i'm not i'm, I'm, I'm not saying that yeah you but know, anyway no the the reason for that was uh the the apparently we're clearing everything for the new the new administration so like uh there's a new domain called obamawhitehouse.gov that had all that original content mm. the twitter account potus president of the united states was also moved to POTUS 44 for because it had all of Obama's tweets. Right. Yeah. So it was basically clearing the record for Trump to put whatever. I will say that, like, regardless, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a climate change section there later or an LGBT section there later. I mean... Well, we'll see if those things make a comeback. I'm kind of ex- Exactly. It's, it's, uh, if they do, that'd be nice. I don't know how everything else made it and those didn't make the cut. But maybe they wanted to put their own spin on it, and not the, have Obama's spin. They, they, they cleared all the main, like the like the central content, everything but bare bones is okay. basically what it was. Oh, okay. I didn't know that there was some nuance to that. Well, fingers crossed that in the next couple of weeks they put their shit together. Yeah, and yeah. I, I can I can lighten my opinion a little bit. No, I'm just, I mean I'm hoping things like it's gone on record. Trump's gone on record saying that he thinks that climate change is a Chinese hoax meant to undermine our manufacturing base. So oh, there's that. That reminds me, my favorite sign at the at the rally. So I did. I also just kind of enjoyed the experience of seeing like in public in a large crowd signs that had the word pussy and cunt on them and like everyone loved them mm-hmm. uh my favorite sign though was a big blow up of one of trump's tweets that was this is appalling we should march on washington to to fight this travesty nice it was it was, it was in, when obama was inaugurated or either won the last election or was inaugurated and uh perfect so someone was carrying that around i thought that was my favorite sign I think my favorite cheeky statement about the whole um, Nazi punch thing is uh, it wasn't a punch. It was an alt handshake. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Damn. Dude, how do you even come out and just nakedly assert things that can be proven false like within minutes? Really, I mean, it, so it, that's, I, that, seriously, that it, I I hate comparisons to 1984 because it's such a fucking cliche at this point. Yeah, or or like or, or, or like or like comparing the violent parts of the protest to like um, our nation's independence. Yeah, completely different context. But even just the fact that yeah. they come out and say something which is nakedly false and easily provable, so and just stick to it anyway, it's yeah. bizarre. You know, part of it might actually be a calculated move. I mean, think about it. Everyone's talking about how what's his butt is saying that the the crowd is biggest in history, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about what Trump's actually doing. Well, I'm seeing and people so, talking about what he's doing too. Some, but I think that yeah, this is there's... that a large percentage of conversation is is here talking about this obviously bullshit thing that's just there to you know throw this okay. out to us to fight over and complain about for the next week while he goes off and does stupid shit which oh. i mean is obviously going to be out oh, there like too. A distraction like a distraction tactic basically yeah i think i mean i i don't know what the level of 
you, you never really know like the, the level that these people are playing at but that, mm. that if it was a calculated move that to me would be what they're probably trying to do it might be giving them too much credit i mean i think it's just kind of like a side effect but memes get circulated people just repost things because it makes them feel good mm-hmm. i i feel like the majority of it it has this added side effect of like, yeah, it's also kind of an, an obfuscation or not really an obfuscation, but just a distraction. It's kind of incidental. So, but hey, maybe they're all just masterminds. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's just scarier. The fact that the, the possibility that he's a, a secret mastermind or that he's got masterminds working for him or that he is as, as fucking idiotic as he seems. Uh, and both are both, both are, are scary. pretty scary. I think I'd almost prefer like, masterminds. He's just so extremely shrewd. He's just like so good at this that like he knows how to play crowd perfectly. I don't. I don't have a lot of faith. I don't have a lot of faith that Trump himself is is a secret mastermind, but he might have hired masterminds. But I think I prefer masterminds as opposed <sighs> to just like blundering through for the through the world in the most powerful seat in the world. Okay. Uh, for the next four years, I think I'd rather have you know some sinister torch lit meetings with people with hoods or a, a villain you can respect because they're <laughs> yeah. just smart, right? Yeah. I, I think. Well, and and like a smart villain probably doesn't want to destroy the world, whereas an idiot might. wouldn't know if they're doing it, right? Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got to think this is the fucking goddamn. This is the guy <laughs> who you know wants to restart the nuclear arms race to show the oh. world that the U.S. is still on top. And this is the guy who announced this dismissed this, things from the CIA. Dis- yeah, you know. but 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 my thing is like, not only is that the stupidest thing to say in the world, but he also announced this to the world on his Twitter feed. Yeah, and so like this is the caliber of person we're dealing with. I right? consider him the tweeter in chief now. Tweeter really. in chief. That's that's yeah. what he does. You know, but you, when you made the point that you did not see the Trump thing coming, I also did not see the Trump thing coming. That and I guess good. since I didn't see the Trump thing coming, that uh, despite how far off I think this whole fascism taking over the government is, on the other hand, when Trump first jumped in the primaries, I didn't think he would last two months. I thought he was a clown. And sort of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but, but he, he was running up against other clowns. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And he, he just had enough like machismo to kind of pull it off. He was just so supremely confident in his... But but the fact that I was so wrong about that means I should probably consider that I may be very wrong about other things that I think are just absolutely crazy. Well, I like mean, the fascists taking over next month. Should, hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I, I there's obviously more to it than that. It's it's like I would I'd be careful not to compare two very unlike things. Mm-hmm. Like like this is obvious. This seems obvious. You know, I made a mistake here, therefore I might make a mistake here. You know, it's. That's true. I mean, there is, there was at least a road that Donald Trump could potentially use to get to the White House, even if we didn't think he would take it. Whereas there's no road that I can see at all that the fascists would take over the government. The other thing too is mm. that just because you're wrong about one improbable thing doesn't necessarily increase the odds of any given improbable thing right. that you also assign the probability to mm-hmm. happening. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are isolated. I would. Do you think sometimes they are? You 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 seemed like you disagreed with me. Do you think there's a viable road for fascists to take over the government? That's see. That's actually, I really am undecided on that one. I I know that's kind of my that's been kind of my default. But I I like to be as informed as possible before I really can have enough conviction to be like, yeah, I think that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the one hand, I feel like a lot of I, or it, it seems like a lot of people, at least over the last couple of months, have been very uh, like, hey, if we look to history, these are some patterns that have emerged from history, mm-hmm. and they, and and they kind of like match that to what's going on now, and they're kind of like this is the beginning of a fascist regime and I don't know if I entirely buy that. It's, it's one of those things like, like I'm just not very well versed in history. I don't know a whole lot about it. It was never really an area of interest of mine. So, uh, I, I can't really look at it from that context. Right. But it, 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 it does. And, and again, you know, you go on the internet, there's a lot, there's a high noise to information ratio in general. 
you know, like people post these think pieces where there's they're they're like, here's here's the road to fascism, and here's like, yes, Trump's a fascist, and I. I don't know. I, I I like to be as accurate as possible, so I have a hard time taking those things at face value because they're they're often from people who have a very like anti-authority, like as a matter of principle mindset. I, I've witnessed them say other things that make me think a little bit, or I, I mean, I mean, kind of. And, and by think, I mean like it, it gives me pause, and I I have a you know I'm skeptical of what they're saying. But I don't want. I also don't want to be like, oh, whatever. It's a benign presidency. And then suddenly it's too late, and all these horrible things have happened. And and I mean, we've are, we've already seen in the last few I don't days, think it like is at all a benign presidency. Oh no, no, I, I, I'm saying like like I've like months ago, people were were putting forth that idea, like oh, it's probably going to be a benign presidency, nothing bad's going to happen. That's sort of where I was. I was think Stockholm syndrome, right? Like I'm yeah. like, well, fuck it, we're already staring down the barrel of it. Hopefully, he's not going to be as bad as well, yeah. I thought he was the day before he became before he was elected yeah. right and there's and, and there's this general sentiment of like you know like like you want to be wrong about like you, it's like well i think he's going to be disastrous as a president but i'd like to be incorrect about that because that's objectively better if if he does if he does good if if he does well then then awesome then i was wrong and that's great that i was wrong right we we've already seen now that he's he's taken a seat in the last few days it's the the people who are like Let's give them a chance or kind of eating their words now because yeah. I also had like non-zero probabilities that in, in his inaugural address, he's going to be like, you guys are all fucking idiots. I'm not a politician. And he was, <laughs> was going to just quit right there right. and just give everyone the finger. So now that all, none that of those have happened, ridiculous. I've already seen the words and, and headlines, you know, president Trump gave an executive order and I'm like, Oh my God, there's no such thing as a benign presidency. This is, so I'm already kind of like still processing this on a real level. Did you, it's, it's terrifying. Did you hear his inauguration address? I read it. Yeah, when when he delivered the line, I am never going to let you down. I saw the same thing. I saw oh, I heard roll. someone. Uh-huh. I, I, I didn't see that part, but I everyone was like, do you just rickroll this? <laughs> <laughs> I seriously thought the next line was going to be something about uh, giving us up or deserting us. Yeah. Because I that, was like, I'll never give you writer. up. I might have. Yeah. <laughs> shared the speech in my i i might have I, I think i would have loved that is what i'm trying to say <laughs> right. i mean it come out of come out of the the city's mouth would have been so funny yeah i i did read it i mean it was the exact benign bullshit that every politician says plus some stuff that you know i can see why some people would find very appealing the idea of you know well we're gonna bring jobs back to america you know this isn't just transfer power from one president to the other it's not from one party to another but from the from the party from the government to you the people and everyone's like yay he's talking about us and i get like it's 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 populist just jargon that i i feel like i i saw people saying things like man that was a very articulate speech i think that's pretty cool that he said that i'm like he doesn't fucking write his speeches yeah no one writes their speeches if you want to hear what the man talks like and thinks like watch his stream of consciousness during a debate yeah when, right. when, he, when he doesn't have a chance to prepare a, a full-fledged statement and just watch yeah I, language I, 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 is important and when you hear him use language it, it seems clear he's not someone who enacts a lot of critical thought he doesn't so much use language as he just like runs in circles and can talk for 90 seconds without saying fucking anything yeah you know? it's like it's like it's <laughs> yes mr trump those were words yes. <laughs> did you see the list of words that were in his inaugura- inauguration speech that have never been in a previous inauguration speech no <laughs> it was it was interesting there were i i don't remember all of them but the ones that stuck out were uh bloody carnage and uh help me in reference please help me <laughs> Wait, w- no no it was this american carnage remember must stop here Oh no, yeah, I, I, 
most of the words that have never appeared in a previous inauguration. This American all very carnage. Visceral, yeah. Like is someone going to start a podcast called "This American Carnage"? <laughs> it's like counterpart to "This American Life." With yes, I read Alt Right, "This American Life." Yeah, "This American Carnage" with Richard Spencer. <laughs> I can just hear him sedately talking to the microphone, just like Ira Glass, Sup- sipping on some chai tea. Right. Are we running out of steam? We I think we're running out of steam. Yeah, wrap up. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your input, Sean. And uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for thanks for listening and for our little side episode. We'll see how little it ends up being. All right. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I. I'm, I'm wary of quote mining. As my ringtone, whenever you call me, I'm going to use, we should be investigating whether and how to do the black <laughs> genocide, whichever one that was. <laughs>